That was hurtful. Yeah. Reality is, is the, hurtful. <laughs> well, that is the danger of bias in artificial intelligence. And it's a different type of bias than we talk about in human bias. But it also kind of comes from the same source. You know, some of the most biased people that I've ever known usually come from small towns or very, you know, they're very wrapped up in their own little world. And sometimes it's by choice. Sometimes it's not. But when you don't have a breadth of information that properly represents life, properly represents the world, then you're going to draw conclusions that are not representative of reality. So if you have someone who, you know, their parents had a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollar net worth, and now they're a Senator. Well, that person is not going to have had the experience of a hi, shit talkers. Welcome to talk show with me. And I am your spoiler, the shit talker. I mean, don't we all like talking shit anyways? <laughs> are you a creator? If so, you are in the right space. Talkshare with P is a place where we showcase and celebrate the talents, works, and stories of creative minds from all walks of life, while also raising awareness for mental health through providing a supportive space to share their stories, insights, and experiences. We will be discussing creative journeys, the high, lows, and the ways we manage our mental health through it all. Join us each week for inspiring conversations, useful resources, and a community of like-minded creators as we dive into the minds of creative beings to explore their journeys, struggles, and triumphs. So whether you are seasonal creative or just starting out, Talk Show with Peace, the podcast for you. We are back, and I have the incredible, incredible Stefan with me. This person I got to hang out with at Podfest, and I ended up finding out at the end of Podfest when he went on stage that he shared that is introvert, but I did not see that at all because he had no problem hanging out with me and talking to me. So. <laughs> hey, Wait, Stephen, I, welcome to talk show with me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, so it, it, interesting thing about that. Uh, I, I basically taught myself how to be an extrovert. Um, it can be rather exhausting for me to do it, but, um, but yeah, I, I know like all the things about how to be an extrovert. I, I didn't really understand feelings growing up. So I also kind of had to teach myself kind of how to feel and how to emote. Um, so I've always identified more with machines than I have with people. A nod, nod. You, 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 are, are those the people who talk about hiding in the basement and just talking to their computers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, but now you can do it and it's going to become mainstream and it's going to be perfectly fine. Like dude, in three years, my therapist is going to be a robot. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like at the end of the day, that's what, that's what we're going to end up to. Um, but it's surprising that you say that because I did not feel that at all when I was hanging out with you. And, um, 
I'm trying to remember how exactly our parts ended up uh, capturing a podcast so, like and uh, were we on the same table at um the first night the kind of the so there was that um but before that, I believe we went to the women uh women of color meetup as well. Which one um, was before? Was the women of color the first one or was the spitting the first one? <laughs> not sure. Um, so I think it was the women of color first. And then we did the strategic alliance thing, um, which for those of you who don't know what the strategic alliance is, basically like speed dating, but you're speed dating like 12 people at once. Um, and you do that like four times. It's it's really it fantastic. Fun, actually. It was people. really fun. It was. Yeah. It totally was. And you just like you get to tell stories and you get to, you know, share about yourself and uh especially when you have just like a bunch of podcasters doing it, you know. And they can talk. The so for pod- everybody to get two minutes to just talk everything, that was like the most impressive shit. <laughs> and last year when I went to Fortress last year, I did not I, I skipped it. But a lot of people kept on telling me how much fun it was. I was like, okay, this year I am going to go. And I had so much fun. I was like, yeah, I'm never missing this because the questions were lit. And you get to actually be in tables with people. Maybe you would have met, but necessarily not because Podfest is filled with so many people. that There's yeah. some people you might not even see and they tell you, oh, you are perfect? How come I didn't even see you? So that's been dating kind of helps make people put yeah. in different varieties. <laughs> but I don't also remember singing women of color. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not. Like I, I know I was there. You were there. Um, I also made an AI avatar well, for you. Yes. Yeah, so which you um, did not uh, know about until later. It, yeah, so a woman's of color, I don't remember seeing you, but um, a lot of people were there, which was amazing, especially since it was women of color. Anyway, but it was so amazing to see that um, white people, men and women, coming to be allies and support. Um, some people came and they're like, oh my God, I like the introduction. I was like, oh shit, we're there together. <laughs> but then later on, after, after that, and... Uh, dating then we um we just connected and kept on bumping into each other and hanging out then i dragged you to um uh, mike and josh presentation and that's when you yes. had your laptop and you're like do you know i'm the one who made i was like oh fuck and i was like that's a picture actually right. looks like my best friend and you actually started making you're like oh yeah this ai doesn't really like you because you started showing me other pictures i was like what the fuck is that It's like the, the one one of the things I'm sure we can talk about it later, but like in AI is bias and, you know, people of color, not really well represented. Um, I mean, is that, is that that's nothing new to us. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like, but it, it's like every data set out there has some significant bias, uh, usually towards white men. Um they make you all look older like, than you're supposed to be. <laughs> oh man, like 
there there are some that can make you look absolutely sexy. Uh, <laughs> I want to see some sexy. G- give, gives me like you know that chiseled jawline. Like so, Steven, yeah. you decided to Wouldn't send even know me, it's pi- me honestly. So, Steven, you decided to send me pictures where you look like you were forced to smile, where you have these sexy pictures hiding out. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to send uh, you pictures now. <laughs> uh, you're asking me to send you. Pi- I'm pretty sure this might fall under sexual harassment. I I am unsure. <laughs> well, the <laughs> good thing is podcasting is a free gig, so I don't know where you're gonna go report sexual harassment because there's no HR. I'm I'm HR, so you know. <laughs> but um. During uh, the speed, during the speed dating thing, uh, I was on the same table with Stefan, and he did mention what he does, and he would like to. Uh, he had a plan of how many podcasts he wanted to be in this year, so I was like, "Let's make that happen. Come to mine." And here he is. So I'm so happy to have you here with me, and for you to tell us all the good and the bad and the extremely bad about AI. Because everybody knows that AI, which is a true intelligent, has been making a buzz around. Well, it's a long time, but lately it's been making its buzz around. Even today, shout out to Mark. I was in his podcast room and we were talking about the benefits and stuff of AI. It, it, it seems like it's the one thing that everybody wants to talk about. So I'm very grateful to have you here to have this conversation. So if I First thing I want to start, I know you said um, you have always been about your machines and your computer because you have been a nerd and you didn't know feelings, you understand? So how did you get into, um, like, where did that interest come? Like, let, Let's go back to the beginning. Hey, shit talkers. Are you ready to finally finish the book you started two years ago? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That one. The one that is still sitting in a Word document on your computer just like mine. (laughs) Well, no more. None of that. Let me tell you, shit talkers, no one is going to get the job done more quickly like my girl, Eliquity. I'm finally, oh my God, getting my book done because of her. She's working with me to write my book and she can do the same with you. She can help you finally finish the book you started. Get your book finished before the end of the year. Publish the baby and add Arthur to your bio when you hire my girl Eliquity as your ghostwriter. Go to our website www.writeforyou.me and click on the discovery call button to grab a time on our calendar today. Yes, that is www.writeforyou.me right for you dot me what are you waiting for let's get this author title added up to our bios do it now thank me later so oh man ai like when i was like six years old i kind of dreamed of just getting into a spaceship with a bunch of robots who were my friends and flying off to some other solar system um, I, I would say that's where it started. Uh, <laughs> um, 
So, but like from a, from a professional standpoint, when I was 15, I got interested in a field of marketing called search engine optimization. It was the same year I was introduced to uh, psychology, which I was like, wait, there's a manual on how people work. This is insane. Um, and I've just, I've, I'm good at math. And search engine optimization was basically math, but using words. And SEO is based on artificial intelligence. If you want to talk about like us using artificial intelligence in our daily lives, we've been doing it for years, years and years and years without us barely even knowing. So when, when I have been looking to find some, like hire somebody to come to one of my marketing companies and work for me, the number one skill that I look for is do they know how to Google shit? Because if they don't know how to Google shit, I don't want them. Do you know what is required to Google shit? To know how to manipulate an artificial intelligence. So, and how do you manipulate? So, how, like, Chat GPT is the skill of Google searching. It's the new skill of Google searching. So, you know, it, it's going to be powerful. And how you how you manipulate a search engine is by typing words in. And how you manipulate an AI like ChatGPT is by typing words in. It's how you use them, right? And understanding what words to write in and what words to not write in is a critical skill. And we are extending this from, like we, I say we, we as a human species, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for a second there, because you know you said fuck us, you'd rather be with robots in the space. So for a second there, I thought <laughs> me is you and your robots, because you know I'm I'm starting um, to feel some type of way. I thought I meant something to you, Stephen, <laughs> but clearly the robots mean way more than. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, I, I th thanks to you know much work with my therapist, I actually like human beings now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it's, I, I would just say like this ability to like use words to find what you're looking for and to find the thing that you need in that moment. Um, that, that is really what the skill of Google searching is. And the skill of using AI is going to be using words to create what you need. So with ChatGPT, it's what text do you need, right? I can go to ChatGPT and say, you know what? I need a JavaScript uh, program and here are my requirements. This is what it needs to do. How would I do that? And ChatGPT is going to say, well, here's exactly how you did it. And this is exactly what it would look like. Here's some example code um, that you can take and implement right away. Now, in the world of Google, 
Google searching, what I would do is I'd take pretty much all of those same words, similar words, put them into Google, probably one line at a time, and then go on, find stuff from like Stack Overflow and GitHub. And I would like gather all of that information, but with ChatGPT and its predecessors and everything that's coming after it, that's in the same vein, instead of searching and gathering, you are creating. Man, so um, how does one get to get these skills, like to know exactly what to type? Because I've had people, right? Uh, and just like, as I said today, I was in that conversation where people have, uh, and somebody did say you need to kind of keep on tweaking tweaking the words and knowing what words to use and how to say it for it to give you. So do you just play around with it until you kind of figure it out? <laughs> What's the direction so, with that? <laughs> uh, the, the short answer is yes. <laughs> but you know, um, they, they say, because here's my thing. If chat GPT, if AI is supposed to make it, simpler and easier for us um, creators to, to, you know, because it does. And I did play around with it. Um, shout out to Meredith. Um, I went to a, 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 a talk and she did talk about tweaking your, uh, tweaking your episode titles um, in order to, to attract better downloads and SEO. So I did tell her that when I come home, I am going to redo all my episode titles and I have 122 episodes. I'm on season like these these episodes are going to be season 6. So I've done already and I mean season 5 I've done two, no season 6 yes. So I had to sit down and start editing. Oh, and I'm not going to lie. ChatGPT was so amazing. Literally I would write Give me, give me a title for this and it give me 10 options. I'll be like, "Oh my god." Sometimes I would even tweak it cuz um, maybe number one would have something I like, but it would go with number six, so I would kind of tweak them. Um, but if we kind of have to keep on, and, and I know sometimes you, you say something, it's like, I do not understand what you mean. Can you please explain? Can you please go deeper? So if we keep on fixing it, isn't that also still taking more time out of? Is there a simpler way to learn mm. the method of how to go about it? Like a cheat code. So <laughs> I I actually have been thinking about like pulling together like the 50 to 100 cheat codes that I use quite often um, so that people can use them. But fundamentally, like when this for like when this type of technology first came out, nobody knew how to use it, not even the creators. And a lot of this stuff is learned by just trial and error. And thinking about, okay, what's in the data set, right? Once you understand what this technology does and how it does it, it becomes much easier to figure things out. So for instance, um, half the time when I go to generate code, it comes out broken. And I'm like, okay, well, why... Why is that the case? Because I'm asking it 
for code in the same way that somebody goes posts on Stack Exchange, which is where a bunch of developers come together to help them help each other as the person posting. So they're like, oh, I'm trying to do this and here's what I'm trying to do and here's my code. Well, they're posting broken code. And then below it, people go, oh, well, if you're getting that error from this code, then this is what you need to do to fix it. Here's your code fixed. So... If you go in and say, here's all the things, and then list the most likely error from this, and then what it would take to fix that error, then in one entry, you're able to have it generate working code. Because what it's doing is it's attempting to replicate the data set. And it is attempting to figure out what word comes next. So you give it one word, you give it 10 words, you give it a thousand words, doesn't matter. Fundamentally, what it's attempting to do is the same thing that autocomplete does on your phone, which is what's the word that comes next. Now, this happens to be extraordinarily advanced by comparison to the like autocomplete auto suggest on your phone. But that is fundamentally what it's doing. So if you think of, if you think about it in such a way that you think about like, okay, well, where would I go and find this on the internet? And then say, okay, well, how can I give it instructions in a way that kind of mirrors or matches that structure, right? So instead of being like, Hey, give me an outline. You might want to ask for a table of contents because there's lots of blogs now with tables of contents, right? So you're going to have a blog and be like, Hey, here's a blog title. Here's the subject. What's the table of contents? And it's going to be able to generate the table of contents, which is the outline. And it's probably going to do it a lot better than if you just asked it to give it a, to give you an outline. And there's a thousand little things like that. Uh, and this is all specifically for chat GPT and other, um, they're called text to text models. Basically, you give it text and you get text back. There's also text-to-image models where you give it text and you get an image back. Uh, what's on the horizon is text-to-video, which you were talking about a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was, trying, I was like, why can't we do this? episode in our entire AI video because I've been seeing people talking about that and people creating that uh, and I was like oh wow damn it literally has like your and then a voice coming and it, it was just so cool seeing that and there's going to be audio to video where you know you as you were just describing you give it a picture and you give it a 
some audio and it is going to make a video out of that of you talking. Or uh, there's one, there's somebody who posted on post their work on Reddit and it's absolutely hilarious where uh, they do these videos of Trump and Biden and Obama and George W. Bush like playing Minecraft together, talking shit to each other. Trump, Obama, and Bush. <laughs> and Biden. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it, it's hilarious. And, you know, if you're a bit technical or you're willing to put in the work and you're curious enough to go after it, um, I would say, you know, you don't have to be that technical in order to do a lot of this right now. You know, everybody was talking about deep fakes like three, four years ago. And my common response with deep fakes three or four years ago was, yeah, well, right now we don't have to worry. Like right now, um, because it requires enormous amounts of technical expertise and processing power in order to do that. It doesn't anymore. Um, if I may ask, what's the deep fix for those of us who don't have a freaking idea what that fucking is? You know, you gotta because okay. sometimes some of us have just been literally into this world where some things are still kind of new to us. So I wanna make sure that you know. <laughs> so a deep fake is um, basically like. It's something that didn't actually happen. It's something that people didn't actually say. But it was generated by a computer, and it's hard to tell the difference. Wait, wait. So you can say that um, somebody can create something that is out of me, but it's really not out of me, and that's what a deep fix is? Damn. That's like... Isn't that a whole other level of scamming? <laughs> well, so I, I'll I'll give you a for instance. Um, so there's voice cloning technology, right? Where you're yeah. deep faking someone's voice, right? They didn't actually say the words that are coming out of the machine. Uh, there's a uh, popular psychologist uh, named. Uh, Jordan Peterson, right? There's also a popular rapper named Eminem. Now, did Jordan Peterson ever sing Mom's Spaghetti by Eminem? No. <laughs> However. Oh, why are you killing? Why are you killing? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> okay, I'm not sure I'm all for artificial intelligence right now because you're literally... <laughs> Tricking us Wait. into a different world. Okay, continue. I'm sorry, but you just... <sighs> Look, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad to it. You know, one of the things that I'm very excited about is uh, text to 3D models. Yes. What the fuck like, is that? So I, I'm a video gamer, right? And Duh. I also mod games. So... Uh, like I like to mod Skyrim and if you want to have, you know, a custom, 
sword, let's say, in Skyrim, well, you have to create it as a 3D file, as a 3D model, and then create a uh, texture for it. And then you can import it into the game's engine and insert it into the game. But the amount of technical expertise that it takes to create those 3D models, I don't have it. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I don't have it. I have never been able to get myself to sit down to do it and learn it. And it's, it, will, it would literally probably take me 30, 40 hours to get not terrible at it and probably hundreds of hours to be okay. And that's just okay. And that's like, okay. Um, well, what's going to happen is we're going to have these text models where you, like these text to 3D models, where you're going to be able to describe what you want. I'd be able to say, okay, this is a sword. It needs to be made out of, um, you know, it needs to be made out of obsidian and inlay with rubies and have runes. Uh, in ancient Norse that spell out, I am a badass. And it's going to be able to make it. Huh. This is That technology is very hard to implement right now, but it exists right now. So I'm gonna ask the question that everybody is 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 thinking. How powerful is AI and can it take over the world? Because with all that you have just said in this, we are only 26 minutes, and as already I feel like robots are coming. Like we we are not we are not gonna be non-existence. Robots are taking over because for with the text to 3D models, the deep fix the I feel like, what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) So my thoughts on it are everything that I describe requires a human. But yeah, but I I feel like it does require a human, but eventually, the more the programs get better and being, because they're constantly fixing them to be better. Yes. Now, there's there's two different types of artificial intelligence. Right now, one of them does not exist. So there's artificial general intelligence, which does not exist right now. I will say that humanity is going to be working towards that. Um, what does that even mean, artificial general? I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm about to explain it, and it it ex- it's by comparison to narrow artificial intelligence. So a narrow artificial intelligence is something like it's an AI that does something very specific, right? Say let's, it generates text. And even if it could generate text and video and audio, that doesn't mean that it is generalized enough to understand what it is actually creating. And based on all of our ability to investigate these AIs, 
these AIs do not understand what they are doing in the same way that a human being understands what they do. Now, an artificial general intelligence is an AI that is capable of doing things in general, potentially anything. And it does understand what it's doing. It does understand the things that it learns. So when you're talking, when you're talking about things like Skynet and like Terminator type shit, you know, number one, that stuff, if it ever happens, is a ways off. And there is a debate amongst the AI community whether that is even possible. Because that would require an artificial general intelligence. See, the the threat from AI, in my opinion, is not that is not that we are going to the threat that I see from AI is not that Terminator is going to come into existence. It's more like we're going to create an artificial intelligence system that we say we need a lot of paper clips. And then it turns the whole fucking world into a paper clips. And when you say we, who is this we? Humanity. Yes, we right, so the 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 biggest danger, like directly from artificial intelligence, is it misunderstanding instructions. The second biggest danger from AI is the humans using it which in my opinion is going to be the bigger issue because I mean, if you think about it, if you're able to literally create your own world, you're able to, uh, you know, have an AI that you know, generates a summary of the news for you, have an AI that, you know, brings like creates your own art, creates your own images an AI that you can talk to as if it was a friend and it seems to understand you. My biggest fear is that instead of using this technology to connect and allow us to develop deeper understandings of each other, it, we will use it to segregate ourselves from the reality we live in and that we'll get deeper and deeper and deeper into our little echo chambers. And we will have echo chambers of our own devising. Now, that is one possibility. Um, I would like to talk more about some practical things. I think this is a perfect segue. So I recently had to have some very difficult conversations with someone. And in having those difficult conversations, you know, I am in marketing. I do communications for a living. I tend to be a bit more on the communications technology side of things. I was about um, to say for personal age people. <laughs> so, hate. hate is a strong one, but for personal robots of our people. <laughs> 
I, <laughs> so I, I love, I love people now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, six year old me, I was a weird kid. Um, so, and I, I was a weird kid. I mean, I'm still a weird kid, but I was about to say he's so weird as fuck, which I love. I love weird people because I'm weird. And that's why me well, and you like, clicked. If you weren't weird, I don't think we would have clicked. Certainly. And, you know, when you're weird, when you're a kid and you're forced to be with all the normies, life is not good. <laughs> Right. I was bullied. They bully you. I was about to say they bully you. Yeah. So, but, you know, when I can connect with my own weirdness, keep the normies at arm's length, as well as, you know, I taught myself how to interact with them, how to understand people. Um, it has given me a new level of respect and a new level of appreciation for people. And, you know, I, I can genuinely say that I absolutely love other people. Now I do have my time limit on being around people. <laughs> um, but yeah. And part of that is, you know, it takes a lot of cognitive processing for me to communicate with people, especially when it comes to things like emotion. Um, I, I often do not know what I feel. Um, this is a psychological condition. Uh, it is most often associated with people who have autism or some other type of, um, neurodivergence. Cause I do not like the term mental disorder in this particular case. Um, so for that, like anytime I have to communicate emotion, like my own real genuine emotion, not being like, Hmm, what should someone feel in order to buy this? Mwahaha. You mean not uh, in a robot form, but in an actual <laughs> human form. <laughs> yes. Um, it's very hard for me to communicate. It's very hard for me to say things. And it's extraordinarily hard for me to say things in such a way that it is not offensive to someone else. So I had to have some very difficult conversations. And usually what I have to do is I have to write something out, sleep on it, write it again, and do this four or five times. I am not you joking about You get it in the this. right way, that way right. nobody feels... <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I have to like market and copy my own shit. Um, I, I understand that because I'm very good at communication, but I'm also very um, bad at not offending people because I tend to offend people. And even my friends would say like, Paul is saying no offense, but does not make it less offensive. It's still offensive. I'm like, but I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying yeah. to... Because when I want to share my feelings, it just comes out as it comes out. So I also had to start learning how to put it on notes and I keep on changing it, changing it, then send so, it. Like I want to even have a conversation. I send it as a text message or an email. <laughs> so here's what I did is I did my typical thing where I write everything out that I want to communicate. 
when you used AI, ChatGPT. ChatGPT. And I was like, hey, rewrite this as if you were a thoughtful, kind person. Put the M, put the M in it. Oh my God, you did not. And uh, it didn't do a perfect job, but it saved me like four fucking days. <laughs> But that's you using it in 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 a good way, because you know there's using yes. it in an evil way. You are using so, it to try to be more. But you are a robot, because clearly, Stephen, you are a robot. I'm gonna call you a robot. You are a robot asking a robot for help. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Um, that that's it is what that's how it feels a lot of the time. Um, so, but th- this is why I was saying like. We can go into, you know, how it's going to destroy us and destroy the world and blah, 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 all of that all day long. But one of the other things that, you know, people don't really realize is that this was told like this exact same rhetoric has been used throughout history to describe basically any advance in communications. Um and we're not like we're talking, you know, TV, we're talking radio, um, recordings, right? Theater, like plays at one point, photography. Hell, even if you go back to like, you know, Plato and Aristotle, um, like Socrates, we don't know what Socrates actually thought he never wrote shit down the reason he didn't write shit down is because he thought it was for the weak and he thought it was a useless technology and look at it now created civilization now the internet has allowed somebody like me to connect with absolutely amazing people and to have relationships like hundreds of relationships with people from all over the world behind the Do you screen. know how many weirdos there are in the small town I grew up in? What small town did what? you grow up in? Stephen? I grew up in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. Oh. So it's a, it's North of Tampa, but, so if you drive about an hour north of Tampa, um, you'll find Newport Ritchie. And like Newport Ritchie, now I think it has like 40,000 people. It was probably half that growing up. So how many like weirdos are there? Like let, let's say, you know, let, let's say... I, I think that, you know, if I wanted to be like super narcissistic, it's like, okay, you know, there's not, there's not even like one in 10 million people who are like me. Guess what? There's 700 people just like you, 800 people just like you. And on the internet, you can connect with them. So let me ask you. I'm I'm kind of curious because you kind of brought it up, but um, 
you had to have a difficult emotional conversation and you used chat gpt so how did that go cuz now i'm invested um after using chat gpt and fixing it or whatever yeah. how did that go they were still hard is it chat gpt can can fix all your problems <laughs> it, it can't fix all of my problems um there there was one example like the okay so those conversations were still hard to have but the what happened for me was that those conversations were also significantly easier to have because i was given the words that i needed to express how i was actually feeling and do it in such a way where I didn't come off as a complete asshole. Now what I should have done was had chat chat GPT play the other side of the conversation and then had the entire conversation because as soon as I went off script kind of came off like an asshole. <laughs> but, but I'm finding it hard to to imagine you as an asshole cuz um for anybody who was a podcast and you met Steven half of the time he was really just quiet and like he would be there but it's so easy to not know that he's there because he's just quiet but um and the fact that I got to drag him around with me and uh <laughs> but we were we were having a conversation as I was dragging him around I wasn't just dragging him like come with me but um he, he, he eventually there was like, one point yes at <laughs> <laughs> one point he was like okay I'm going to go this way Screw you. I was like, okay, cool. But I, I remember even during the Mopad party, I, I kept on asking him, are you coming out tonight? Are you coming to the party? I was like, nah, man, too many people. I've already had enough of people going back to say, but surprisingly, he didn't go. But it was sad because as I was walking in, because I was a little bit late, As I was walking in, you and Aris was outside waiting to go and like yeah, too many people, we're done. I'm like, but at least you yep. came out. <laughs> but at least you came out, you know? So I I I think that like as soon as it gets to like more than 10 people per square meter, I'm done. And that was so many That's, people. That was so many people. <laughs> like I I'm good at like three people per square meter and below. I can be okay-ish with that. And yet you come to Podfest. <laughs> hey, I mean the density there is like, you know, it's not that bad. No, no it's like, too too many I, people. Uh, Everywhere you so turn around I love, it's too many people. <laughs> I I love the energy of big events. I really do. Especially Podfest. Podfest has good energy. Like I haven't been it, to it, other it conferences. Does. but um from the feedback i've got from other people who go to other conferences like you can compare it to Port because podcast feels like a family union where you love and hate people at the same time where you kind of need a break you know when you go to a family union you're so happy to see your cousins and a family you're like damn this is why i only see you once a year <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay let's yeah. get back to ai so um do you think people are wide about 
AI? What, what, in your opinion, what's there to fear about it? Um, what there is to fear about it that is like actually real, actually present, um, is every time that we've had massive increases in productivity, people have lost jobs and they have had to transition into different careers, right? An AI is not going to take your job. Someone who is using an AI will. Yeah, because if you're virtual, have, if you're if you're the person who produces edits or does this, and then AI can do it for me, and I pay it way less than I pay you, so of course I'm gonna. <laughs> or, like, if you know how many how many trans like how many hours does it take to transcribe t audio into text? Um, it, it takes. Uh, about two to four hours of actual work per hour of audio. How many does it take with an AI? Like 30 minutes for like a very accurate transcription. And then when you introduce even more advanced technology, more advanced artificial intelligence, because it just keeps getting better and better. Now we have whisper whisper is a new AI from OpenAI um, that you can run on your computer and it will give you transcripts that are better than Google's. Um, can I ask you this? Um, when you were at PodFest, did you talk to the CapShop people? Yes, they are using Wisp. Uh, I, I've been talking with CapShop for like two years off and on. Yeah, because um, um, they I, actually I did what I wanted to do. Um, and I just didn't get around see, to doing it. See, see, because <laughs> um, they do, and, and that's why. And we were discussing that today. Because why would I pay a project ma uh, podcast manager or anything where in capture if I buy the right um, level, I can just drop my audio and it gives me transcript, show notes, uh, episode ca captions. Like even at, at this point, social media marketers are gonna lose because. You get captions for your for your social well, media. You get all that. So, I will put it this way, especially in terms of like social media marketing. You know, that was my bread and butter for a while. Uh, in some ways, still is. And you know, by comparison to when I first got into the social media game, you know, I can hire one person with the right uh, marketing, like with the right AI stack and replace four. So people are going to be losing their jobs in short with AI. Yeah. So, and it, it's going to be either you learn how to use it or you're going to lose. Either you embrace the technology or you will be crushed. It is the society we live in. It is the nature of the technology itself. And I talk with artists, right? Because I'm an AI artist as well, right? I put text as well as a bunch of other stuff into an AI and then images come out. So I use AI to generate digital art. This that. is an example that. of that. Speaking of that, I feel for like for our episode, you're going to have to to create images for us. I'm just saying. I'm just dropping it over there. Just, I had already know. planned to. I was just not going to tell you about it. <laughs> you know, sometimes they say you got, you got to say it 
instead of expecting it just in case so <laughs> go I, I like that we're on the same page okay continue <laughs> so i talk with artists and the artists are afraid that they are going to get replaced um or what have you and in some ways you know they have they have a valid concern they totally do uh especially with the fact that you know where are they getting all this data to train these artificial intelligences well the internet of course but people created those images people created that text so things here's something interesting to think about something generated by an ai as it stands today is not uh able to be copyrighted all of my art is not capable of being copyrighted in the united states if somebody goes and uses my art i cannot sue them so it's not fucked up one of the biggest issues that we have in the creative economy in the economy in general is our management of intellectual property right all of those laws that these multi-billion dollar conglomerates got passed uh so the mickey mouse laws the loopholes to the patent system all of that well, we have an op like we have an opportunity to basically just destroy all of it. Because the most the fastest, most efficient, most effective way to do anything will be to not have a human do it and have an AI do it. Mm. And if we continue to not allow AI generated work to be copyrighted by the person who generated it or the company who generated it. Well, that means everything's going to be available to the public, which means you like my background. Cool. Use my background. You know, you, you like my art. Cool. Use my art. Now, I mean, if you want something directly from me that's signed or validated or whatever in any way, okay, we can make that happen. But like I am working on a project right now where I'm using AI to generate a short story. And my plan is to work with hundreds, hopefully thousands, hopefully millions of other people to generate more short stories. What are these short stories about? Uh, it's a sci-fi universe. Mm. There goes your nad self. (laughs) (laughs) But so here, here's the idea, which is if I generate a short story using artificial intelligence, I don't own it. So what's the point? If I have hundreds of other people also create stories and include them in a data set. And then I train an AI on that. Then anyone will be able to generate stories in that universe. 
the stories that they want to see, the stories they want told. And they don't have to be Stephen King. They don't have to be Philip K. Dick. They don't have to be an Isaac Asimov. And they're going to be able to create amazing works. I feel like we're literally living off and like right now with metaverse and AI, I feel like we are literally just going to be humans on earth surviving, but then everybody is living on metaverse and using AI. Like it's going to be a robotic. I don't, I don't know how by the time I have kids where my kids (laughs) is going to be at, because this, this is, this Uh. is, like with metaverse and with AI and all this, it is it's getting like to a world where people know you're even gonna be needing money instead they're gonna be needing <laughs> points or something. I don't know, because this is getting crazy and crazy as we we go. <laughs> uh, what's what's money except government issued points? I mean if <laughs> right? I mean if if when you create something in with AI, literally on it, because normally if you paint a picture or you write a book, you sell it, you get money. But when you're doing it with AI, it's not yours. You know, you can sell it. So literally we're going to end. And in Metaverse, I, I really didn't even explore that world because I'm like, well, I so can't even survive I, in this normal world. I want to correct you there. Okay. Just because you don't own the copyright to something doesn't mean you can't sell it. So how are you going to sell it if you don't own the copyright? Or so if you can't sue somebody who uses it for on, on, on them without your permission? So I don't own a copyright because it can't be copyrighted, which means it is copyright free. Something that is copyright free is very different in terms of how we treat things and from the intellectual property perspective than uh, something that is copyrighted. So there's an entire area of copyright called public domain, right? So uh, Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain. How many movie studios have produced a Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh my God. I love Sherlock Holmes. I'm such a big fan. I love his, his assoness, his eagerness. <laughs> so here, here's actually something very interesting, which is why I specifically brought up Sherlock Holmes because there is a version of Sherlock Holmes that is still copyrighted. So the all of the books, all the material, like all of that was written uh, before World War One. After World War One, because the the author, Sir Arthur Clarke, um, he was in World War One. He participated. Oh damn! Yeah, and when he came back, he realized his character was an asshole. So he created new Sherlock Holmes stories. And those new stories 
give Sherlock Holmes empathy. I haven't seen those ones yet. <laughs> I mean, I've seen so, uh, the sister version, and uh, there's this new series of like I share come with the, the girl, but I haven't seen mm-hmm. the show come with ending empathy. <laughs> well, here here's the thing. All of the ones where Sherlock Holmes has emotion are copyrighted. Mm. So if you create a Sherlock Holmes that has empathy and emotion, you are violating copyright. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay. So whenever you are creating a Sherlock Holmes, whatever, if Sherlock Holmes has emotion, well, that's copyrighted. And Sir Arthur, uh, so his family still owns the copyright. Um, mostly thanks to Disney continuously extending the copyright laws through lobbying, Mm. right? The so-called Mickey mouse laws. Um, if we didn't have those laws, then Batman would be in the public domain. So would uh, Superman and probably half of the Marvel universe, um, half the DC universe. These things that are, you know, so many things that are so deeply embedded into our lives and into our world, they're owned by someone else. And I think one of the things that AI is going to do like on a personal level is it's going to allow us to create things that are truly ours. And when we create things that are truly ours, it also will become everyone's. And so you might be able to create something that is truly yours that also becomes truly everyone's. And eventually that is going to make its way back into an AI. And then we are going to have, you know, a generation of stories, a generation of marketing materials, a generation of commercials and content that was all created using artificial intelligence heavily isn't subject to copyright and therefore everyone's going to be able to use it. And when everyone's able to use it, creativity and innovation explodes. See copyright patents. Those were trade-offs. Those were trade-offs because the trade-off was that you you needed like the, the artist needed to make money. The, company needed to make their investment back. Well, now we live in a world where the artists can still make their money, even if they don't own the copyright. Ah. Because they can still sell it. Other people could sell it too, but is it really a piece of art if you didn't buy it from the artist? I mean, um, if the price is cheaper from this day compared to the artist, what do I have to lose? Because there are very few people well, who have 
that character that you know I have to to give back to the artist, so I want to buy from the artist. And there are those people who are always looking for a deal. So if I'm getting the same thing in a cheaper price, I just don't buy it from the artist, and it's the same shit. And guess what? Now you know I own a piece of your brain space, and that's a value to me as an artist. But yeah, but value and money as well, you know, kind of. So, look. (laughs) In in a creative world, I know we all want to make an impact, right? And that's true. Like, my podcast is not making money yet, but every day I'm thinking of a way for it to start making money because at the end of the day, we all want to be compensated for our creativity, our um, art, Mm -hmm. our anything. So if I'm here... And um, I have this art and I see people buying it from someone else, but it's mine. I created it and I'm not getting the money. It kind of is like a, like, a, like a low blow. Like, you know, you're kicking me in the nuts right now. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. It, it's a very, it's a very, a, uh, I mean, if you don't care about money, that is easy. Like, yeah, but if you don't care about money, that's easy because there's some people who just create for the fun of creating. They don't care whether they get the money or not. But there's those people that this is their livelihood, you know? So if I'm I'm working this much hard, I'm buying all this, I'm putting my energy and time in producing something amazing and then somebody else is getting paid for it it's kind of well i would also remind you that record sales used to be the lifeblood of how musicians made their money but they still make money in royalties and everything so they're still not losing they make a pitiful amount from streaming. Exactly. Right. And companies like Spotify, YouTube, all them, they make way more than these artists do. However, I would also say that, you know, musicians have to like, they adapted, right. They adopted Patreon. They adopted, um, getting more revenue from their tours. And I think that a lot of things are going to, you know, open up in terms of the types of compensation that we are able to get as creators, as artists, as what have you. Because when you really look at it all, you know, how we have been paid, how we have been compensated for what we do has changed so many times over the years. And you can go, you know, thousands of years back looking at compensation, but even over the last hundred, 150 years, like we have had major shifts in how we live, how we work, how we, provide value to each other, how we get value from others. And I think that another shift is coming and AI is going to be a significant portion of that shift where, you know, if 
as the owner of a you know capitalist driven business profit driven business you know i absolutely love ai so now, you, if did, I was did you a, say a profit driven business i'm looking for yes. a job you want to hire me <laughs> <laughs> so well there's there's new new old structures that are becoming more popular. So if I restructured my business to be a workers cooperative, well, then I wouldn't be the only one loving AI. My workers would love it too. Because then what it would, what it would mean for them is less work. But is this more clients, the same more thing? output. Well, so worker cooperatives are owned by the workers. So any increase in efficiency, how we have things structured right now, like how my business is structured right now, you know, any increase in efficiency is I get to keep it basically, right? Cost reduction goes to the investors. Cost reduction goes to the shareholders. Um, cost increases get put on the customer. Cost decreases go to the shareholders. That is how our society is set up to function, unfortunately. And, you know, when I go in and I do consulting on how to use AI, how to use automation for businesses, you know, the value of that usually goes to the owner and not so much the employees. Mm. But if you have a business that is owned exclusively by the employees, or you have a business that is owned exclusively by the customers, then the value of that AI, you know, if I was part of a worker cooperative and you told me an AI was going to replace my job, I'd be like, fuck yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. You have an AI that lets me go from working 40 hours a week to 10. Let's do it. Let's go. Why? Because I own that. Without ownership, you don't get the benefit. So. So it's like. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let now, me ask you this. Go on. You were about to say something. Oh, I was about to fully disclose that I have a lot of weird ideas around ownership and just i'm an economics nerd as well, well as like you are full on that let's just say that you're full on that don't don't start picking yeah, which like side I'm, and which side you are not of you are <laughs> we're going to conclude that you are not because at, at a certain age you literally decided to say that you'd prefer to be in space with robots than humans so you are a Full on nerd. So <laughs> there's no specifics or anything. You are full on nerd. So I I like to understand things at every level. So yeah, like if the only people who have to fear AI are the people who aren't in a cooperative or aren't in a union. I mean, neither. <laughs> Which is most of the U.S. population and a relatively small percentage of the European population. But seriously, like, 
this is going this is going to change fundamentally how we live, how we work, how we connect. And it's going to change our society in general in many ways it already has. It uh, that's what I was about to say. It's kind of already has and um one thing most people are talking about is how how if we end up depending so much on AI, we might end up losing our creativity because um right now most of us use our own heads to to think about titles and captions and all the yes we sometimes use google but it's not like google gives you that much detail like ai does you know it 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 helps. um mm-hmm. but at least most of us have already learned how to be creative on our own before we even go to ai so what about these young people who are growing up right now and coming straight into ai do you think they'll be less creative with ai around i think they're going to kick your ass <laughs> but we we'll... catch part 2 coming out on friday mm-hmm.